Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Everybody online is going to miss what just happened, but we had a little transition before the service and the music didn't play, just the video played and uh, Pastor Tim got to just hum a little bit of it and he was right on there. That was pretty good. Um, you know, I, I needed a little levity anyways. I think maybe God did that for me. I feel like I was singing that song and I, you know, there's, there's moments and there's mornings where I'm like, I just feel the presence of God so strongly and then there's moments where as we look at the book of Ruth, as we look at that song we just sang, like I need to be reminded that God is working even when we don't see him. So whether you're here this morning and you're like, man, I feel like God is here or you're here and you're like, I don't know where he is. I don't even know if he's anywhere. Um, It's a reminder to us that he is always working. Before we see it, before it comes, before the provision arrives, whatever it might be, God is always working. And so um, we're looking at the book of Ruth this month, and the book of Ruth is a reminder of that, that God is always working even before we see it. Before we jump into my message, I wanted to share um, a couple quick things with you, church. The first of those is um, that in two weeks on Saturday night, July 30th, we're partnering with the city to throw on um, a movie night. As a matter of fact, they're throwing it on and they invited us to be a part of it. So we're going to go and we're going to hand out some glow sticks and give away some things and then we're going to invite people back um, to our new series that starts a week later. Um, matter of fact, we're going to have some free ice cream after service on that series as we start it off. So we're going to invite people to that. So if you want to be a part of the movie night at all, um, come out for an hour or two with us, give out some free things, just bless our community and our city. You can sign up right on the Connect page on our website. We'd love to have you join us with that. The other thing before we get into chapter 2 of Ruth today, I want to take a moment as your pastor to just talk about something we do each week. One of the things we do is our giving. Um, And it's an important part of our service. It's an important part of what we do, right? Part of our worship is us gathering in community. Part of it's our singing. Part of it's listening and hearing even the message and what God um, has to share and for us to receive. But part of it is giving back to Him. And part of our story even today, our new character comes in in chapter 2. His name is Boaz. And he is a great example of this. And he knows that all he has comes from God. Boaz knows that there was a famine. We looked at that last week. Right now, life is good. And Boaz says, whether in famine or in plenty, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to trust God because I know all that I have comes from Him. I want to encourage you this morning, if you call Tekoa Church your home, if this is your church, I want to invite you to participate with us in your giving this morning. You can do that by the boxes at the doors or online. And it's just a way for us to say, hey God, all that I have comes from you. And I trust you with the future. I trust you right now, whether I have a lot right now or a little right now, whether the future has a lot or a little. I trust you, God, because I know it all comes from you. And I want to say thank you, God, for all that you have given to me. And part of that, as we get to my message title, is this. Right? When we give back to God, when we acknowledge that all that we have comes from God, it positions us to receive the blessing of God. This is my message today. Position yourself to receive the blessing of God. Who doesn't want more blessing from God in their life? I'm going to share with you how do you position yourself for more of that in your life. I know I want a little more of that in my life. 
And so as we started Ruth, I encouraged you last week not to give up too soon. And too often we walk away before the blessing of God arrives in our life. And that was my encouragement. Don't walk away too soon because often God's provision, His blessing is on the way. But if we keep moving too quickly and we just keep hopping around and we give up before God provides the way that He's going to provide, we miss the blessing He has for us. And it took decades. It took decades for the full provision of God. And we're not going to even see that full provision come. We get to see the start of it this week. Next week and the following, we'll get to see it come to fruition. But there was decades before Naomi and Ruth got to really see the provision of God. And life was challenging. It was difficult for a long time before it came. And God was working all along the way. He was providing for them all along the way. But before the full provision came, it took a long time. And so we're looking at um, our word for this series is the word chesed. And that's a Hebrew word. It means faith. It means devotion. It means loving kindness. It's kind of got all of these ideas. And we looked at how Ruth and Naomi and our new character Boaz, he's going to be, they all live out this character trait. And Ruth, the story, the book in the Bible, is a story about how the characters live this out towards God and they live this towards their family and towards other people. And when they live out this faithfulness, this loving kindness, this hesed, it unleashes the hesed of God back towards them. It unleashes the loving kindness of God to them in their lives. And so when we pick up the story today, God still has not provided for them, um, but they are being faithful. And in this story, we see what the things I love about Ruth is we see ordinary people that are a little bit like ourselves that show us an extraordinary way to live, right? They don't, they're not crazy people. They're not like, they're not doing anything, you know, that's way out of the ordinary. They're just faithful to God, but in their faithfulness, it shows us something extraordinary because so few of us live out that faithfulness. And it shows us about how God works in human life. And I want to highlight you know, in this book, it highlights often the hidden workings of God. There are no audible voices, no visions, no miracles in the book of Ruth. Yet God is very clearly at work. And at times, God is very present and obvious in our life with miracles or visions or speaking to us or different things. But there are also times, this is part of human life, right? There are times that we all go through where God seems distant. He seems quiet. And we wonder, where is he in the middle of this? Ruth is a reminder to us that he is working, just like that song we sang. He's working even when we don't see it yet. And even when we don't see the very obvious God is at work. So my, my message is position yourself for the blessing of God. And our principle today is that how we position ourselves matters for what blessing we And the narrator today, we're going to pick it up, chapter 2, verse 1. The narrator in verse 1 sets it up just like he did last week in verse 1. He sets it up and it says, "Now, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. There was a man named Boaz who was clearly important, influential. We are going to wait to see what does he do, what is in his life. And it says in verse 3, So she, Ruth, set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. What I want you to see as we get into this today, in the, the setup of this, is the as it so happened of the narrator here. Right? It was just happenstance. You, you could say, but the flip side of that is God was working. 
the narrator is kind of letting us know like a little tongue-in-cheek, like as it so happened, she came to this place. But it wasn't just coincidence. It was God at work behind the scenes, even though she didn't see it. And this is the beauty of this, right? God didn't specifically tell her, go to this field. What she did was she followed God's call in her life, and because she was doing the right things, God brought her to the right place, even though there wasn't a specific call for her. As it so happened, God was working. And I know, I know that, you know, it reinforces this theme that God is working in even the everyday parts of our life, right? I know people at Tekoa over the last couple weeks, and they've, they've left jobs. They've seen God provide new jobs that they needed. They've seen God provide uh, a house in this crazy housing market. They've seen Him provide for their financial or other physical needs in their life. And God is working in those things as He is working in other things. It's not just happenstance as what Ruth is telling us. It's not just happenstance that those things happen. It's not coincidence God is working through it. It's not coincidence that Ruth went to Boaz's field and all this unfolded. We know that God was at work in it and brought her to this field even though He didn't have the clear words go right here. And the devotion of Ruth to God and to her family called her to go find work to provide. And so she went out, it says in verse 22, and she took a risk even. In verse 22, we're gonna, we'll come back to the beginning, but just jumping ahead, it, it highlights something for us. Ruth took a risk. She was a single young woman, maybe in her late 20s. And she goes out by herself, and it says, Naomi said to her, it's good that you ended up where you ended up because in another field you might have been assaulted. Right? She took a risk, but she knew that she was supposed to go out, and this is what she was supposed to do. So she went, she said, I'll go and trust God. She's faced tragedy aplenty in her life, but she still has faith that says God is working, and the narrator tells us that faith is not misplaced. God is working too, and he's providing. And he says, Ruth, you don't know it yet, but God is at work. And so she goes, and we know that God brings good things from bad. We know that he is working as he's going to work in Ruth's life and Naomi's life. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God works all things together for good for those that love him. Joseph said this at the end of his life after his brothers and his life had gone really sideways for a long ways before God's plan came out. It says, and we, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God is at work, and these people in the Bible knew it. They recognized it. They said, even though things haven't been going according to how I would have planned it in the past, God is at work. And it's a reminder to us, wherever you're at today, God is at work. It's a reminder as Ruth, it just not happenstance that she ended up in the field that she ended up in. If you're here in this room today or you're listening online, it's not happenstance that you're here. It's God working in your life and through you. And my first point is this. Um, we're going to look at different parts of chesed today. The first one is working hard and devotion. Ruth got back up and went to work. Her life had been challenging. Her life had been hard, but she didn't give up. She got back up. She went to work. In verse 2, it says this, and Ruth, what does it say in verse 2? And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she, that's Naomi, said to her, go my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz that we already read about. Ruth asks Naomi, she's being said to her family, 
showing devotion to them. She said, hey, I think I should go glean to provide for our family. Like, our family needs some finances, we need some provision, so I'm going to go glean to provide for us. And you're probably wondering, what is that? Leviticus 23 tells us, and when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. Gleaning tells us Sorry about that. Gleaning tells us that that God Leviticus tells us sorry that God had provided a way for his people. And he wanted a way for his people to provide for themselves. So he told the harvesters, don't make a double sweep of the field. Like as you go through, you're going to miss a few things. And instead of going back to pick it clean 100% and get the last drop of of what you can out of the field, leave some for the people that need it. Leave some for those that can come after you. Don't go right up to the edges. Leave a little bit on the field so that those that are poor or those that are immigrants to your land or that need it can provide for themselves. Gleaning was a way for meaningful work to happen by the people and not just a handout to them. I think there's a good principle for us here. One of the ways, this is not a perfect comparison, but one of the ways I think about gleaning today is you know some people that walk around picking up all the, the plastic bottles and cans that we all pay a deposit on? Right? Like I, I see some of those people. Sometimes they come right in front of my house on trash, like the night before trash day. And like I put them in the recycle can, I do my part, but like I don't collect all of them. I'm just to like go get my, my five cents back, ten cents back per bottle. But there are some people that come and they say, you know what, like I'm going to gather this together and for me, that's a way that I'm going to provide for my family. There's a meaningful work that they do. It's not just a, you know, here's five bucks for, for a hamburger. Like here's a meaningful thing that you do. And I think it's a biblical principle as I think of what do we do and how do we help our city? How do we help people in need? This is one thing in the back of my mind. It's much more difficult to do it this way, but it is how people get a transformation. Because there's meaningful work that they do, right? Some of the things we do as a church is we feed those that are hungry. We, we meet the tangible needs of people, and that's part of what we're supposed to do. But to actually make a change, we want to make it so that they can work and be a part of the change in their own lives, not just give them things. So true change comes from meaningful work. And, he, and Ruth, in verse 6, it says this, And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered Boaz. Boaz went to the field later in the day, and he asked his foreman, he said, Hey, who is this person that's, that's here? The foreman said, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said in the, in the morning, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Ruth was working hard. She came in the morning, she asked, hey, can I do this? And she was working all morning. She was working for her family. She came to the person in charge and said, hey, can I do this? Like legally, I'm supposed to be able to do this, but a lot of people weren't following the law. So a lot of fields would have just been picked clean. A lot of fields, she would have been like, no, get out of here. I don't want you here. She said, I know this is, I'm a foreigner. I know I look different. I sound different. You can tell I'm from a different country, but can I be here? And the foreman knew, because Boaz had been a good leader to him, the foreman knew, like, yes, you are allowed to be here. We want you here. 
And she had to position herself here. And right, my point is to position ourselves for the blessing of God. Ruth positioned herself by working hard and being devoted to her family and what her family needed. She positioned herself by working hard and trusting that God would provide enough through it. And He would provide through somebody else actually giving. Sometimes God's provision doesn't come directly from Him, it comes through other people. My next point is this, part of chesed is giving. Part of it is the loving kindness side. We're going to look at how Boaz lives this out by giving and being generous to her. See, Ruth was not the obvious choice for Boaz's generosity. She was the outsider. She was the foreigner. She was the immigrant. It says like she just sounded and looked different. And we can't just give to those that we want to or that we like or those that are like us, but to all people that need it. And so he said this, he goes further, Boaz goes further in verse 10, then she fell on her face bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Right, Boaz went out of his way for her. And what I, what I like about this chapter is that Boaz has just gone about his life. He didn't get some special direction from God like, give to her, make a way for her, do something for her. He's just being generous because that's what a follower of God does, is they're generous. And so he's being generous. And he's looking for, in the everyday parts of life, this is Ruth, the everyday parts of life, this book tells us that God is at work in the everyday parts of life. A couple weeks ago, it was a Wednesday night, and I had some freedom in my week, and so I checked with Allie, and she's like, yeah, you can go to the park. And so I went to the park, Um, on Wednesday night to go play pickleball because, you know, that's what I like to do to get a little exercise and just clear my head in the middle of the week. And so while I was there, I'll keep the story brief, but while I was there, I met a random guy. And I'm just there, I'm having fun, I'm doing my thing, and I met this guy, and he's from Italy, and he's like, yeah, I grew up like around, like everybody in Italy is Catholic, like this is what I grew up around. And I started telling him about, oh, oh, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a pastor. We have a church in downtown. It's a startup church. Like, I know I'm just like everybody else in Silicon Valley. I'm part of a startup. And he's like, that's really cool. Yeah, you know, if you're part of our team, you get to say whether you work at a startup or not, you now get to say you're part of a startup. Like, welcome to a startup. You're like everybody else. You, you don't get to be left out. You're part of it, too. And so I, I started telling him, like, hey, yeah, like, we have this church downtown. And, like, and I also, I was like, you know what, we do this thing called Alpha, a couple times a year, and it's a way for people to like ask questions and just share their perspective, and everybody's opinion is welcome, and we just try to make it a safe place for everybody to share. And this guy, he's like, that's what more people need, like a safe place to share their perspective. And it did something in me. See, I was there to have fun, and I had fun, and I actually got to play my first game with somebody from our church, and I just want to say we won that game against this guy that I'm talking about right now. Um, and maybe it softened my heart a little bit, like, oh, I, like, how can I soften the blow for him? But it did something in me. See, God wanted to do more than just me go have fun on my own. I still got to do that. I still had fun. I still had a good night. But I, God wanted to do more. And it started a, a relationship with this guy. It started in me developing my heart to pray for this guy. Like, I've been praying for him a couple times a week ever since. I'm like, God, give me another opportunity to meet him because we haven't worked out the details of what Alpha looks like this fall because I want to invite him to Alpha. God, be opening his heart so that he could come because he's like, he's ready. He wants to know God, but he just needs a safe place. And I'm like, our church is a safe place. And what I want you to see, church, is nothing miraculous happened. He didn't decide to come to church. I didn't like, he didn't become a Christian right on the spot. Like, God didn't like heal him of something. There was no miracle there. But God was doing something in my faithfulness. 
And by looking for more, God did more. And Boaz, he's generous. And by looking for more, he positioned himself for the blessing of God because he gave when he didn't have to give and he looked for more in his life. God was working in the middle of my life and he can work in the middle of yours as you look for how God can do more by being generous, by living out that faithfulness, that loving kindness in your life. Boaz played an important role. And as we are kind, as we are generous, he can do the same in us. In verse 14, it says this, Ruth, he showed kindness and generosity. He says, and at mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. So basically, she gets to go with all the other workers. Instead of coming behind to pick up the leftovers, she gets to go at the front with everybody else. And do not reproach her. Don't look down on her like, oh, there's less for me to gather now as I try to get my quota. Also pull out some from the bundles that we already gathered and leave it for her to glean. And don't rebuke her. Like, give her some extra. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. I don't know how much an ephah is. I looked it up. It's like a basketful. I don't even know what a basketful means. But it was, it was way more than she expected to get. That's all you need to know, right? Sometimes you're reading the Bible and you're like, I don't know what that means. Like, it was a lot. Like, that's all you got to know. You don't need to know anything special. It was a lot. It was way more than she was expecting to get for the day. You don't need to know the Hebrew. You don't need to know anything fancy. It was a lot. And so she got a lot. She got way more. Why? Because Boaz was generous with what he had. God had blessed Boaz, and Boaz said, you know what? I know all that I have comes from God. I'm going to trust by giving some extra away that I have. The risk is, what is she going to do with it? He doesn't know. Does it benefit him in any way? Probably not. It might, but it probably doesn't. But he positions himself for the blessing of God because he trusts God and says, you know what, I'm going to give away. I'm going to trust God that when I need more, you're going to give me more. When I, whatever I need, I know that it comes from you. And Boaz positioned himself for the chesed of God because of what he did in his life. And see, I'm going to ruin the story for you. By the time we get to chapter 4 in two weeks and beyond, God has provided for Boaz. He increases the amount of land, the wealth of Boaz. He provides a wife for Boaz. He provides heirs for Boaz. And the most important thing in this culture was the legacy that people left. And Boaz gets to leave one of the greatest legacies of anybody in the Bible. His great-great-grandson is King David, the greatest king that Israel ever had. His great-great-great 15-something greats later, grandson, Jesus Christ. Boaz got the blessing of God in a major way, and part of that was when opportunity came, he said, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, but I'm going to be generous, God, because you've been good with, to me. I'm going to bless. And he positioned himself for the blessing of God. Right? How we position ourselves matters. I'm going to bring Pastor Tim up here to illustrate this truth with us, that how we position ourselves matters. All right. I got some props this morning. Right? Like, who doesn't like props? People told me, they're like, I remember. I still remember when you brought a nail gun out onto stage. So I'm like, okay, what else can I do so that you can remember this point? And so, like, Tim actually had part of this idea. He helped come up with this for me. And so sometimes, right, like, 
if, if you imagine the water is the blessing of God, which is a biblical thing, the water can be the blessing of God. If you imagine that water is the blessing of God, I think some of us are just like running around in life. And God is like, okay, like we're, we're running around, we're moving around, you know, and we're so busy and God loves us so much that there's times that, that God shoots us and we get a little bit of blessing from God. And we keep running around and we're doing all the things and we're trying to do all this. And God's like, I really love you. Like, I, I want to give more to you. But we're like, we're just running all around. And like, God's like, okay, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. And we, but we, we're like, okay, I'm pretty thirsty. I'm pretty, I'm pretty dry. And God's like, well, yeah, you're running all around. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring out on you, but like, you're only getting a little bit because you're so busy doing all these things. You haven't positioned yourself in the right places. Where we position ourselves matters. I'm done with the gun, gun, Tim. Um, but I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not done. Tim, come here. We're going to contain this a little bit in this box. Here's your cup, Tim. That's, that's your life. Hold it in the other hand so everyone can see the nice Tacoa logo on there. If you come to church and it's your first time here, we give these away to you. So if it's your first time today, we'd love to give you one after service or come next week. Um, but so, like, we can position ourselves, right, for the blessing of God. Like, in the right places, God's like, okay, here's the blessing of God. You know, here it is. Here's the blessing of God. And then we position ourselves, close your eyes, Tim, because, you know, like, here's the blessing. And some of it made it into the cup. And Tim, you don't need to drink it, but Tim could drink it um, from the cup, right? Like, he's a little bit, he's not so dry anymore. He's not quite so thirsty because he got some of it. But part of positioning ourselves, what's going to lead to my next point, is what do we do with our cup? Because if Tim starts to give it away and I'm like, oh, I need some of that water, and he doesn't have a lot, but he pours a little bit into my cup, God's like, I'm going to give you more then. And I'm going to just like fill you up because, because you're giving it away. Let me, let me swap this out. I came prepared today. This is my daughter's. Um, and so God's like, oh, you're going to give it away. Like, let me fill you up. And oh, he gave it away. He didn't keep it all to himself. And God says, you know what? I'm going to bless you with more. I'm not going to just bless you with more of this. Like, let's upgrade. And God's like, oh, cool. I'm going to bless you with more. And he fills it up. And Tim gets to drink more. And the thing I want you to see is the more that he gives away, the more God's going to increase his cup, the more Tim also gets for himself the more blessing we also get. Um, and so where we position ourselves matters. Our cup matters, and God wants to give you more blessing. He wants to increase the size of your cup, but where you position yourself matters. Can you give it up for Pastor Tim? I just want you to know he volunteered for that. I didn't even ask him. Like, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to just, like, shoot you with a water gun. Like, and can you do this? I'm your boss, so you better say yes. No, he volunteered for it. I just wanted to, like, throw that out there. I'm not the, like, mean pastor that just was like, do it on your own. Um, so my last point today, number three, but part of positioning ourselves for the blessing is not just positioning ourselves, but it's accepting it. See, God wants to pour out the blessing. He wants to pour out his loving kindness to us. But if we don't take it, it's not good for anything. Boaz, see, he gave his cup away, and God said, let me give you more, and he gave more away, and God says, let me just give you a bigger cup, right? In a couple weeks, we're going to see he got even more land. He got more, he got more wealth, and then he got to give more away. God increased his cup because he was faithful. 
And God wants to give to you. But we need to accept what He has for us. We need to position ourselves to receive it. And it says this in verse 18, Ruth took what she got and she went to the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied from the lunch that Boaz had given her that she didn't deserve. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Ruth got plentiful from the day's work, from the giving of Boaz, from the chesed of Boaz, because Ruth was faithful. She was chesed towards her mother-in-law, and she was faithful towards God, and she was working hard. And then Boaz was faithful, and God was at work. Where are you positioning yourself? God wants to give. He wants to pour it out. Psalm 92 says this, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of God. That's the church, people. They are planted in the house of God. They flourish in the courts of our God. He wants to provide you with more than enough. He wants to make it so that you flourish. He has provided. But what I want to ask you is where are you planted? Where have you positioned yourself? Are you on social media or the Bible app? Like, guilty of, of that question in my head some, some days. Are you in a Tekoa group or are you working a 14-hour day and just trying to get in a couple more hours because you feel like that's what you need to do to get it done? Some of you need to make it a priority this week. We've got three weeks left of Tekoa groups. If you missed this last week, it's okay. I missed this last week because of some things with my family. So this will be my first week. You can come make it your first week this week too. Sign up on the website um, under groups. We have one on Wednesday and Thursday night come jump into a group. Are you in church or are you on your couch? Are you hanging out with life-giving people or are you hanging out with those that are just draining to you? Where are you positioning yourself so that God can pour out directly and he doesn't have to, you know, like aim and find you with the super soaker? Like he's like, I would rather just pour it out so that you are soaking wet, but you got to position yourself in the right place, church. This place is one of those places. Because in this place, God's presence, His Spirit, He is active in this place. You want a sprinkling of, you know, a little bit? Like, yeah, just catch it online when you can. But if you want to encounter His presence, you want a full watering, some fertilizer, then come to this place and see how much you grow. Where are you planted? Where are you living life? You need to accept the blessing of God, though, and not just position yourself well for it. The end goal, church, is not just hard work and suffer. It's not just like, be like Ruth, like, oh, what pastor said is I just got to put my head down and just I got to work harder. Like, if I do my work for God and I do the things for Him and just work harder, it's not just that. That's part of the positioning. But the other side of it is to receive. Now, it's not just this either, like drop this and just become fat and gluttonous and just enjoy the good things of life. It's both. It's work hard so that you can better enjoy the blessings of God in your life that are for you. We need to see the purpose in the work and the fruit of it. That a laborer is worth his wages. We need to accept that God wants to give us good things and it's good to work and receive the good things that God has for us. We have an incredible team here at Tekoa that works and gives so much to make the vision of Tekoa a reality. Most weeks, some of us get here between 6 and 6.30 a.m. to set up for a, a 10 o'clock service. Some of us stay late to tear down. But the goal is not the work. The goal is the fruit. It's the result. Is that God would be moving in people's lives. That we would see people connected to 
him and their lives transformed. That is the goal. That's what makes it worthwhile. Your family might sacrifice for the vision. My daughters are here at almost at 8 a.m. almost every Sunday morning. You know what fruit I get to experience though? Because it could be the opposite, but the fruit I get to experience, and my wife does a great job helping facilitate this for our family, Hannah loves church. She's here more than most of you, and this is her favorite, one of her favorite places to be. She loves being here. She loves as well being in her service at Tacoa Kids um, to receive and get to have fun and sing the songs and learn and all of that. But she loves being here early as well, getting to set up and make a difference. And one of the things we both love is getting to worship together. Our team has a rally at 9.15 every Sunday because some people are in places where they don't get to be in service. And so we have a rally where we, I share a word just for them and we sing a worship song together. And that worship song is often the highlight of my week. And there are weeks I ask Hannah, what was your favorite thing this week? It was that moment with dad and that worship song. And I have to work hard for the vision of Tekoa. Hannah, the choice is made for her. She's here early. She's working hard for the vision of Tekoa too. When she's older, she'll get to make her own choice, but right now it's made for her. But if we're so focused on the work, we miss the blessing sometimes that God wants in our life. I can't focus on my team or the things that need to be done for service. I can't just focus on, you know, make sure everything is right because I want the best experience so that people that come in these doors have the best chance possible to meet with God every Sunday. Like, I, I want to see them meet Jesus. I can't just focus on giving it to the, giving all I can to the team that busts it every single week to make this a reality. I have to stop and receive the fruit of my work. And the fruit of my work is beautiful. Because part of that fruit is getting to see Hannah and get to worship with her. See, we come and we stand right up there in the front and I hold her in my arms and Hannah gets to see a truth in me. Sorry. She gets to see and I get to see that moment because I fight for it. Because I'm not just so busy that I miss the blessing. I'm not just working so hard that I miss what God wants to do. I work hard during the rest of the week. I work hard on Sundays, but I stop for the moment and take the blessing of God and say, I need my cup filled for this moment, like I'm going to fill my cup. For that six minutes of that song with my daughter in my arms, she knows, she knows dad doesn't sing. Mom sings to her every night, dad doesn't sing. But here, dad sings. It's the only place he sings. She gets to hear him. She gets to hear me. And I get to hear her some weeks. And she sees dad's, dad's worshiping. He's got his arms up. Sometimes I, ra- I lift up her arms, you know. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to raise your arms with me. You're going to worship with me. And sometimes I'm holding her. She gets to raise her arms on her own. And then that moment is the best moment of my week. I'm with my daughter, seeing her start to love God deeply and learn to worship him. It's a moment that I only get because I worked hard, but it's also a moment I only get because I stopped and I took it, and I received the fruit that God had. Some of us need to stop and receive, and as a father, that is my favorite moment, a moment I, I wish everybody could get to experience, but I get that moment, right, church, because I fight for it. I work 
and I fight for it. And I get it because I stop and I take it. Working hard and experiencing the fruit of that work. The goal of life is not to escape the pain, but to seek the good. The goal is not to escape the pain, but to seek the good, the blessing of God. Drugs, consuming media, those types of things, those are the escape. We're not trying to escape it, we're trying to seek the good. When we seek the good, it's a worthy endeavor. There is a healthy cycle for us in what we do as we follow God. You weren't created or supposed to suffer in life. You don't deserve suffering. Some of you need to hear this today. God is speaking to you. God did not create you to suffer. You don't deserve to suffer because of the things you've done in your life or that have been done to you. You don't deserve that. God has said, I created you, I know you, I love you, and I have a purpose for you. What you need to do is position yourself to receive the blessing of God, the good things of God, the fruit of God. Somebody on our team I heard this week called it the fruit bowl of God, and I was like, I like that. I'm going I'm to take that. Position yourself to eat from the fruit bowl of God, the good things of God. What are the fruit? Galatians gives us an example of some of that fruit. It says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Which, by the way, the kids are learning upstairs this month in Tekoa Kids. My daughter has been memorizing those things, and she can tell you what they are if you ask her. They're learning up there. It's not just, you know, childcare up there for an hour. Don't let them, church, be learning more than you. Maybe you need to this week memorize that verse or those two verses. What are the fruit of God? But here's the other thing I want you to see because it's something that stuck out to me as I was studying Ruth and I was studying this this week. Right? If we follow God, part of following God is becoming more like Jesus. And I usually think of the fruit as things that I need to try to have in my life because this is what it means to follow Jesus. And God flipped something for me this week, and I hope he can flip something for you. Part of following God means that God wants to bless you, and part of that blessing means he's going to give you the fruit. You don't have to work for the fruit. And part of what you get is you get to have the fruit in your life. Who doesn't want more love in your life? Who doesn't want more joy in your life, more patience, more peace, more goodness. God wants to give those things to you and have you experience them. That's part of the blessing of God. I'm going to invite the band up as I wrap up here. But these are the things that we get to receive, the goodness of God, but we need to choose to accept it. Like if Tim's up here with his cup upside down, God can soak him as much as he wants, but Tim's not actually getting his cup full. We need to receive, not just run around, position ourselves with our cup here, for the moments that God wants to pour out his blessings so that we can receive those blessings. And somebody needs to hear that you deserve those things this morning. Somebody here needs to hear that. Not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done. And because of who he has said you are. That you're his beloved child. That before you did anything, when you didn't deserve it, when we were still sinners, it says he sent Jesus for us to, to die, to live a perfect life and to die for us so that we didn't have to. But God wants you to accept it and receive it. Paul said this as I finish in verse 21 of Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What I want you to see is Paul knew something. He knew that whether life was good or bad, whether you worked here on earth or he died and was in heaven, he would be experiencing the goodness of God and God was good and life was good. What he got to see is that it was worth it. 
Life was good or bad, it was worth it. Church, Paul wrote these words from prison because he had preached the gospel. He's in prison, and he writes these words. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. It doesn't matter. God is good in my life. We are to respond, church, with the chesed that God calls us to, the faithfulness, the devotion, the loving kindness towards others and towards God, to position ourselves by working hard when we're supposed to, by being generous when we're supposed to be generous, by looking for the ways that God can fill our life with purpose and meaning in just the everyday parts of life even, and accepting the good things, the blessing, the fruit of God, because He wants to give it to you. And today I want to ask you, are you overflowing with blessing, or do you want more in your life? Are you content with what you have, or do you want more? Because God wants to give you more if you ask for it, if you position yourself for it. We need to position ourselves, though, so it will come, and that's what Ruth tells us. The prophet Isaiah told these words to God's people. He said this, and church, Jesus said, you have been grafted in to the Jewish people, the people of Israel. So these words are for you too. But hear now, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you in the womb and will help you. These are his words, fear not. O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, you who are sitting here right now, who I have created, fear not. For I will pour out my water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. If you need the blessing of God, he wants to pour it so you're overflowing, so that the land is not dry, so that you're not thirsty, but you need to position yourself in the right place. He wants to pour out his blessing, not just try and shoot you with a small amount, but pour it out over you. Stop being content with a little. Stop being content living in a dry and thirsty land and position yourself in the abundant land so that you are a tree planted by flowing streams of water. He wants to pour out his blessing on you to fill you with overflowing. This week, whatever you need to do, whatever commitment you need to make, make those commitments to position yourself for God's blessing. I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now in just a moment. I want to invite those that want to surrender to God. Say, God, I need you. I've messed up. I'm not perfect. I need you. Because the good news is God already sent Jesus for you. Jesus lived the perfect life so that we didn't have to. And he died so that we didn't have to die and take, take the sin for us. And God says, if you just accept what Jesus did and you choose to follow me, I have good things for you. I have a life of abundance and blessing for you. So whether you want to recommit to following him or you want to choose to follow him for the first time, I want to invite everybody, would you bow your heads and pray with me right now? And if you want to make that commitment to Jesus this morning, just echo these words in your heart this morning. God, I'm not perfect. God, I need you. I'm thirsty right now, God, and I need you. I thank you that you sent Jesus for me, that he died for me, and I believe he rose again to new life. God, I choose to follow after you. And church, I want to pray for you this morning that you would experience the blessing of God, the abundance, the overflowing nature of him. If you're like Ruth or Naomi this morning and you're like, it's been, I'm, I'm weary from the journey. I don't know where you are, God. I want to pray this morning that God would just show you where he's been working, what he's been doing, how he's been providing even when you didn't see it, when you didn't know it, when you thought it's not working out according to plan and God's like, but I've been at work. I was doing things you didn't even see. 
So God, I pray right now for those listening that they would just experience your blessing right now. May your Holy Spirit just fill them. Fill them with your peace, the fruit of the Spirit, the goodness, the joy, the gentleness, Lord, with your love. That the fruit would not be something that they work for, but it would be something that you give to them right now as they surrender to you, as they say, God, I want to take it. I want to accept it. I want to be positioned right now to receive it. I receive it. May you, Holy Spirit, just pour it out. May our church be a church of goodness, of love, of gentleness, of kindness, of self-control, Lord, of the things of your spirit, Lord, and it's not things that we have to work for, but things that you just want to give to us because you're a good father who gives good gifts to his children. So may we just know that right now. May we receive it right now, church. Amen. Amen. We're going to respond right now with another song. And some of you are here right now, and God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out, but you need to position yourself to receive it. Our team has been praying for months that God would be doing miracles in this place, that God would be moving in this place. And we've been seeing the fruit of those prayers the last few weeks as we've had time for people even to respond at the end of service. We've been seeing the fruit as God meets with people each and every week. Part of receiving is positioning ourselves. One of the ways you can position yourself is by, by prayer and by getting prayer from other people. And so I want to invite you during the song at any point, you can make your way to the back. Um, I'll be back there. Our team will be back there. We would love to pray for you that God would just pour out his spirit on your life, that he would pour out blessing on your life to give the, the healing of God if you need it in your life. I want to invite you guys to just be singing even this song with us, that God would be moving in this place, that he would be doing miracles, and that you would just be receiving the goodness of God that he wants to give to you. Part of that is asking. So church, would you stand and would you ask with me that God would move in this place? Would you say, this is what I have, God. This is my faith. I want to pray that you would move in this place. Can we ask together? And if you want prayer, we'll be in the back. We would love to pray for you. Would we ask that this would be a place of healing? Would this be a place that God would move? Church, ask together. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or are looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.